context. Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And what a week we have had. Um, this is the month of April, which is Jazz Appreciation Month. And, um, you know, uh, I love jazz and jazz is America's greatest cultural contribution to the 20th century. And so um, and is deeply rooted uh, in, and created from the oppressed experiences of blacks in America. And um, and that message and that music has resonated throughout the entire world. And I think that it's very interesting today because also uh, in earlier this week, we had a uh, verdict come down in the um, trial of Derek Chauvin on the killing of George Floyd. And that also has hit this week. And so Today's show is entitled Justice from Justice to Jazz um, and Let Freedom Ring. And my guest today is the six-time Grammy-nominated jazz vocalist extraordinaire, Miss Nina Freelon. Welcome, Nina. Hey, Bill. How are you doing, love? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Good. So give me just a second and I'm going to finish my little narrative business and I will jump right back over and we'll get this thing started. So awesome. Awesome. uh, So justice. After a historic verdict in Minneapolis is the subject today during this Jazz Appreciation Month. Join me and my guests. Miss Nina Freelon, as we explore the powerful human connection of justice and jazz and the significance in this moment. Now I'm going to give you a bio on the great Nina Freelon. Six-time Grammy Award nominee Nina Freelon has earned a well-deserved reputation as a compelling and captivating live performer. As a writer, composer, producer, and educator, the songstress has uh, performed at prestigious venues and events from the Kennedy Center to the White House and even the Grammys. In 2019, she received from the National Association of Women in the Arts, the Youth Empowerment Through the Arts Award and Artist of the Year Award. She was named a Woman of Substance by Bennett College for Women, for women and much more. Nina is also a wife, mother, and sister who has experienced life's amazing gifts and also its heartbreak. The loss of her soulmate and husband, renowned architect Phil Freelon in, in 2019 to ALS, followed by the loss of her sister Debbie in 2020 to cancer, have led to her new works, 
a new recording titled Time Traveler and her soon-to-be-heard podcast, Great Grief. Freelon is a winner of both the Billie Holiday Award from the prestigious Academy du Jazz and the UB Blake Award. We just kind of run through stuff when we, we, we don't have the right sort of, I didn't take French, I took Spanish, so I just saw it coming and went, okay, skip. And the UB Blake Award from the Cultural Crossroads Center in New York City. She was nominated twice as Lady of Soul by the Soul Train Awards. Freelon has dedicated herself to educating young people both musicians and non-musicians, and students of all ages. As the former spokesperson, and I've got to move my screen, uh, as the former national spokesperson for Partners in Education, and through her own master classes and workshops, Sound Sculpture and Baby Song. Nina lives in Durham, North Carolina, happy to be close near her children and grandchildren. Please help me welcome the wonderfully talented Miss Nina Freelon. Oh, that was so long. That was so long. I know. I was like, <laughs> grab a glass of water in the middle I of it know. and everything. Take but you know what? It, it It's so deserving. And I think it's so important to, to give you every ounce of the love that that bio bespeaks uh, as far as your work and you as a human being. So, uh, so Nina, I just want to ask you, and uh, we start this conversation and I, and I will then sort of venture into uh, some information that your uh, manager sent me this afternoon. But uh, I, I started this conversation with, of course, this is jazz appreciation month. And that was the train that I was set on is just, really being able to celebrate and appreciate the wonderful art form that we call jazz. And um, I found myself earlier this week about to walk out the door to go to the store and they said a verdict is in. And yeah. I set myself down and uh, for about an hour and a half until that actually happened. And I realized I could not move. And, and I was, numb and as the verdict came about I was emotional and realized that there was something very powerful going on it was not at all uh, a mood of cele celebration or any I, I don't even perceive it to be joy and I uh, I wondered about that reaction um, and seem to think that perhaps it was um, something, number one, that we so rarely see. Mm -hmm. And that, that is the saddest component. My father is a police officer, uh, 54 years. My sister is a police officer. But the reality um, for Blacks in America, I can't recall another time that someone was held accountable for an injustice and this particular injustice, the whole world got to see. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the fact that there could even be a case or a defense <laughs> tried to be, you know, even posed to it was, uh, was something else, but just something in that moment. And, and then I was thinking about, again, I'm, I'm sort of lifting myself up from that and thinking about the show and jazz and, and was reminded of course, um, where this music came from, that it was born out of the oppression yeah. and the sorrows and the hurts of, of Black people. 
and um, which is articulated so wonderfully in, uh, in Dr. King's 1964 Berlin Jazz Festival speech, you know, uh, God has wrought many things out of oppression. Um, uh, and so anyway, I, I believe that there is a point of intersectionality, really, between these two things. And then let me take it a step further, and then I want you to speak. And then I, I realized when I reached out to you, which was earlier that same day of the verdict. So <laughs> it was like, oh, OK, here we are. When I looked into uh, what was happening with you and, and your bio and the information going on, because I haven't seen you or spoken to you in a while. It's been a minute. And I realized that life was happening with you as well. And I believe there may be common ground in that point of intersectionality between justice and jazz that we find our human experience, because I'm not too certain that the word grief is not a part of what I felt. Yes, yes. Uh, after that verdict. So I want to start off with you sort of tell me what your feelings were in that moment. And then we will, we will move a little deeper, but I'm just very curious. We are improvisational people, aren't we? Yes. We jazz people. We respond to the moment. We are alive in the moment. And these things that we learn on stage are what we strive to be off stage. Yeah. A way of moving through the world with the ability and the grace really to bend, to sway, to um, reflect the truth of the moment. So for me, I felt Emmett Till's mm. spirit rise. I felt the nameless people who were lynched years and over, over centuries in this country. Mm -hmm. I felt their spirits rise. Uh, the ones we know and the ones we don't know. I felt all of that, all of that energy, but honestly, Bill, I feel that until the entire um, world feels that knee on their neck, no matter their color, right. this was an affront to humanity. This was a profanity of kneeling. I kneel when I pray. Yes. That's what I do. I get on my knees and I humble myself before the creator of everything. For him to use his knees in that fashion was absolutely profane. And until everyone, no matter their color, feels that, that pain and that, um, the wrongness of it, this isn't something that happened to some black guy. This happened to all of us. Right. And we must all acknowledge the wrongness of it. If we're okay with it, if we think it's not us, but them, then mm -hmm. we stand apart from our humanity in some, in some fashion. So it's, it's a ripe moment for interrogation, for us, right. each of us to look inside of our hearts and, um, and see where we stand. Because I'm a, I'm a 
person of spirit. I mean, I'm a spiritual person. I wouldn't say necessarily religious so much, but I'm a spiritual person. Sure. And I had to refrain from watching the replay of that awful event. I saw it out of the corner of my eye on CNN, and I had to consciously turn away and just listen. Because the visual was so such an affront to my spirit that I, I couldn't take that in with my eyes. Right. And they played it over and over and over again. And that has a numbing effect, I think. After yeah. a while, it becomes normal. It becomes, oh, yeah, that. Yeah. And I wonder if we could use our mind's eye, our spiritual eye, what was really happening there? The angels were shouting as loudly as they could, not having bodies. They were asking Derek Chauvin to remove his knee from this man's neck. The mothers, the ancestors, they were all there in a throng. They were all there, but he was not listening. Now as jazz artists, we are taught to listen first. Right. Not just to what's happening on the bandstand, but all of that. We are trained listeners. The best artists are the ones who listen. He refused to listen. There were human voices asking him to stop. He refused to listen. The, um, the, 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 the drunk, the, the, the drunkenness of power when you wear a badge and have a gun. That's very seductive. Mm-hmm. And he allowed himself to be taken in to, from, from, from all angles, from all right. angles. And so, um, no, it wasn't a happy day mm-hmm. because George Floyd's life is forever um, not available to him and his family. Right. And that's a loss for every single one of us. Had there not been um, the eyes of this technology, and we have seen the eyes of technology um, before this, and it hasn't, you know, it hasn't turned out to be that the people, the perpetrators, were were actually um, um, brought to brought, brought to some level of justice. I, sure. I wonder. I wonder if we could interrogate uh, what, what what would seem like justice right now. Um, I, I, I wonder what you think about that. What, what does justice look like? Yeah, I, I, I am, I am with you there. Um, this is, this is wonderful. I am, I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you. Um, we find ourselves at our first break right now, but I'm going to hold on to that thought and we will continue this conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm here with my six time Grammy nominated, wonderful friend and amazing jazz vocalist. As we talk about justice and jazz uh, today, uh, Miss Nina Freeland. So we'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time 
for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back, uh, and you're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And before I get on with our conversation, I do want to share a little note with you. The Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. So go download the app or at the Apple store or the Android app to listen live and enjoy our podcasts and TV episodes from wherever you are. Join the chat room there as well, where you can interact with the shows as they are taking place. Now go and download that app. It's free. So just search for inspired choices network and we have a contest. So if you uh, join, uh, you should join our contest as well. And we've got about $12,000 worth of amazing gifts and that sort of thing for the folks that download the app. So please do so. We're excited about that. And um, and now back to our story. Nina Freelon, you, you posed a couple of things to me before we went to our break. And I, I wanted to reflect on it. Number one, you use the word sort of normalization, uh, uh, the numbing effect of being exposed to, to all of this. And there was a show that I did because uh, uh, I started this show. It was inspired by the George, the George Floyd murder uh, because I could not set any longer. I had to get into this conversation about race in America because that was very clear to me that we needed to talk about it. I needed to talk about it. Yeah. And um but there was a there was a point um, after this, and you know, of course, we're all in COVID shutdown land, and 
I'm sitting there on the couch and uh, I'm looking at the television and all of a sudden I feel this, this thing hit me like a cloud, like a, like a dark cloud descended on me in like a matter of seconds. And I couldn't, I couldn't push the weight of it off because it was, it was coming down so fast and it rendered me silent. Um, I couldn't feel a thing. I couldn't, um, I was completely numb. It was a very dark space and I just felt myself, you know, struggling to, get from under this for a number of hours Mm. um, because I knew that I could not allow myself to go where this was taking me because it was dragging me into a very, very dark space. I mean, one of, you know, I don't know the deepest level of a depression, but I've never had anything hit me in a second with that kind of energy, you know, usually it's, it's sort of, you know, sort of slow, uh, a slower process, but this thing descended on me. And it took me about nine hours before I could just even get up from it. Wow. And so I did a show on silence and I did it myself because there was no one to bring into that. I I needed to explore this thing that had happened to me. And in retrospect, I do know exactly what it was that hit me. And I had just watched another killing of a black person by at the hands of the police on television and the thought that came to me was this is the now the movie of the week right (laughs) this is that normalization and could i stand to be in in this life and 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 bear witness to this thing because we've got all the black lives matter protests going on uh, that is unified black, white people, you know, of, of, of courage and on all shades standing in this uh, you know, in this, in this protest of this event and calling for justice, which far exceeded the issue of police brutality very quickly. I mean, it went to the core of how black people are positioned, how seen not only in America, but all of a sudden, all over the world, there was this. So it was a tipping point. It was a tipping point in in major proportion. And but um, I just realized that 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 notion that this could be normalized or or, or is this where we're going? Because uh, with with all the protests taking place all over the world, I'm still watching in this moment black people being gunned down and murdered. With it, it didn't cease at all. Right. Um, the thing is that when you have um, when you have an observation, you know people are acting truly according to their understanding, and their understanding is obviously flawed and limited. Yeah. You know, but it requires the silence of sitting with oneself to interrogate. I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, "Don't believe what you think." And I thought that was so rich (laughs) because we sort of knee jerk our way through life, believing blacks are this or, or, you know, just these little memes, they just are in our head and we believe them. Right. So um, when a thought comes to your mind, if you would just sit with it for a minute and ask yourself, is this my thought? Is this coming from the world? Is this coming from, you know, my experience, something grandma said, I mean, 
is it a part of a truth or is it some or is it something I made up or something I saw on the TV? I have had to make conscious efforts to live in the world and not watch it as funneled to me by anybody. Mm-hmm. I've had to choose to limit my television exposure, um, you know, or or get my news from other sources where I can read them um, and and multiple sources, not just one. Right. Sure. Um, and let's just face it. This is a very, very old problem. We must look at the history to understand why this fascination with black torture and death is so okay. It has been okay to to watch black suffering, to observe it. You can go back to images of lynchings from years and years ago. Somebody took that picture. Somebody sat up, sat and took took a picture with a long shutter speed and took pictures of hanging bodies. All of those faces, um, sometimes children. So, so this is not this is not new. Sure. And when you create um, a, 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 an okay situation for one person's death and not an okay situation for another person's death who looks different, then you're going to see this kind of fallout. I mean, right. it's, why are we surprised? Right. You know, why are what you know? But but even in you know, but we don't check ourselves out. We just feel how we feel, and we don't interrogate why we feel that way. Right. Well, it's interesting because uh, you know when we talk about that uh, again, it's, it's relative to that normalization thing or whatever. But the word the the transgenerational trauma. I'm hurt and I don't even know why I'm hurting. It's been passed down. That hurt it has been going on. You know, it, it's, just, it's a snowball effect. And, and all of a sudden it's like genetic. I mean, I'm. It, is. it truly is. I mean, it's, it's a hurt. And I, and I, and I think that that is when, when I, when I think about, well, why did I, I'm sitting there listening to the conviction uh, thing the other day, that moment of silence, that, that, that cloud that landed on me before. I think it's because it, it feels bigger than anything that's going on right now. I think it's the cumulative effect of transgenerational. I'm hurting for things that go back way back. Um, yeah, that you, you didn't know, experience. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's incredible. Um, how that how that really lands on us and so yeah i i think that there is definitely again i I wanted to explore this this connection because of of again justice jazz you ask me what justice is and i say justice has very little to do with the police department justice is uh, a redraft of the constitution justice is rooting out the thing you know i I have explored this topic of racism in about every possible sort of configurate racism in social services, racism in religion, racism in, you know, cupcakes, you know, it was just like (laughs) really going there, you know, and what I have found is that uh, I cannot identify an area yet where it is not present because it is it was baked into the cake and I've been trying to come up with the metaphor that will really paint the picture. And the one that I've come up with that I'm 
okay with so far is we we have a cake it's america and and all the slices are all the different institutions or branches but please understand this there was something wrong with that cake because it was baked with rotten eggs Oh, I love it. I like that metaphor. So because it was baked with rotten eggs, it's not something that you can address a slice and get to. In fact, the only way that you can get to this is you have to throw out the cake mm-hmm. and you have to draft a new cake. You have, you've got to bake a new cake because what is really happening, we can talk about advances, we can talk about civil rights, voting rights, we can talk about all these things since the beginning of this nation. But at the end of the day, those voting rights are still being jeopardized. It's business as usual, as if that progress never really happened. And at the end of the day, it really didn't happen if it can still persist, and we can still go after it and find these creative language or whatever to, 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 to uh, hold people down. Um, so I would, and, and, I would ask, though, who does it benefit? Always follow the money. Oh, yeah. Well, it was always, the, always uh, follow money and power. Absolutely. Back, back to its source to understand why. Why would we persist in a certain tack if it wasn't benefiting? Some? Oh, it's so it's, so, so it's even even back to the 1600s, 1500s and look at when race first became a part of the whole conversation, because it wasn't at the beginning. Right. At the beginning, you were Scotch or you were Irish or you were African from from this tribe or or from that tribe. And, you know, there there wasn't, you know, you you were might have been an indentured servant or you but you were treated the same way everybody else was the paid laborers and the non-paid laborers. Marriage between the races was not a big deal. Right. Until right. It, until it was enacted, until it was enacted in the colonies yeah. for a reason, for Absolutely. a reason, for a financial benefit, and this has persisted through the centuries. If you don't know your history, you better go back and let it get on it, right? Taken, and the rest of them, where you better go back and grab you some history, some absolutely history, because yeah. it didn't start off this way. Right. It didn't. It this this race hating is a creation. It is a it, and, a, it is a Frankenstein uh, made up thing, and it is destroying the planet. The yes. not just America. Right. It's destroying the whole planet. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Perfect. You know, that's that's very that's very important. I um and again, in all these shows and, and, and bringing on all these experts, the history, people bringing it, I mean, bringing it. And I've, I have learned so much. Um, <laughs> I mean, just mind blowing stuff where, you know, talking about, uh, you know, uh, 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 racism in, in religion. And I had on um, uh, Dr. John Dorhauer, who is the president um, of the United Church of Christ out of uh, out of Cleveland, he's the national, you know, president. And, um, you know, I started to show off trying to inch my way into it, trying to be, you know, make nice with my clergy buds. And I, I didn't want to offend. So I said, I, you know, I'm not here to, you know, I don't want to indict the church. I just, I, but I do want to explore this. And he said, no, that's okay. I will. <laughs> he went after it. And, uh, you know, he got his, he got his, he got his doctorate on the topic of white privilege. And, uh, 
so he he brought some game that I was not aware of, which went all the way back to the Pope uh, as a point of origin in the original boat ride, arriving here, an edict that this is all, I'm God's representative, and this is all mine, and you'll either fall in line or you'll be my slave. Or And this was to the Indians, and it was in Latin, so nobody knew what the heck they were saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, okay, whatever, you know. So, uh, but that's obviously started long before Constitution. Um, so, yeah, this game goes way back. And so it is important to know your history. <laughs> it is vitally important to know your history and get a context for that. So it is time for another break. And then when we come back, we're going to explore what you are working on right now, my dear, because that's uh, that's equally important stuff. And uh, so you are listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about From Justice to Jazz, Let Freedom Ring with my special guest, Ms. Nina Freelon. We'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And today we are talking about From Justice to Jazz with my guest, Miss Nina Freelon. Nina, um, so I, I want to share with our audience because I always like to celebrate this. So it was my 40th birthday and, and uh, someone did a surprise uh, party and took me to a uh, dinner and, and that was wonderful and then took me to a a concert at the Jazz Kitchen in Indianapolis, Indiana. I know the date because it was March the 10th, 2006, because it was my 40th birthday. And this was the day that I walked in and saw Nina Freelon on the stage. And I was not familiar with you prior to that. And I have to say thank you for making my 40th birthday a special day. <laughs> Why, thank you. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Great, great. I've lost <laughs> the image somehow. But, um, 
I'm glad that you were there. I didn't know you were there, but um, that's, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, our paths crossed through the African American oh, yeah. Caucus and and other things. But I do. Uh, I always think when I think about you, I think about that the day I turned 40 years old and and how wonderful it was. What a delight that was to to uh, to spend that day with you. Well, so you. so now. Uh, I want to talk about what you are working on. Um, and again, first of all, it's great to reunite with you because, again, you have been on my mind, but certainly I have not uh, spoken to you. And I know that you have gone through uh, a number of experiences. And um, so I, I want to sort of get into that right now, which is uh, in 2019. Um, after a three-year illness with ALS, um, you experienced devastating loss of your beloved partner of 40 years, Philip Freelon, your yes, husband. Yes, my, my beloved, indeed. Yes. Phil, Phil was an amazing human being. He was a, an accomplished architect. He was the architect of record on the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. The, um, the, the name stamped on the drawings is Freelon, Phil Freelon. He helped make that project happen. That's amazing. And so in his own right, he was a powerhouse. And I miss him. I just, I can't even tell you. He was my right arm. He was my soulmate. And I was blessed to have 40 years with a man who, who really, um, you know, I really came of age as a woman, as an artist, as a mother, as a wife, um, in the crucible of family, Bill, in the crucible of family. I left my father's house and went to live in this man's house and lived with him until, you know, when you say, when you're getting married, you say, until death do us part, you say it, but you don't know what that means. Not, right. not, not really. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I was blessed to be with him as he ascended. Uh, and I just, I miss him, Bill. I just, I miss him. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you are able to share that with us and that you are able to, because yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't say that I know how you feel. Um, certainly I've experienced loss and transition and that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's as sure as we live, we will experience the other, but. Um, but the thing is out of grief has come this, um, need in my heart for conversation around it. We don't have the language. We don't have the words. You know, we say, I'm so sorry, or I meant, let me offer my condolences. And then we feel awkward and strange. Yeah. And part of the reason that I have developed this podcast, which is called Great Grief, is to find, is to create a space that feels safe, where we can talk about grief 
normalize grief because it is a part of the human condition. It's in the air, it's in the water, it's everywhere. Yeah. Now, I am a widow. I don't even know what that means. I don't even, I can't even let it, I can't even really say it without feeling some kind of way. Um, and of course I've known widows in my life, in my own family, but I never define them that way and never talk to them about what that means. Mm. We must find safe space to talk about grief and all of the entanglements. So, so the podcast is story forward and music forward. I am not, I can't advise you. <laughs> I don't have a degree in uh, healthcare, you know, counseling. Right. But I can be a curator of stories. Mm. Um, none of us heals in isolation. None of us heals because we go into a little hidey hole and come out, oh, I'm better now. We heal in community. Yes. And if we don't lean on each other and share it, just the very fact that we share our story is profound. Like the blues, the blues is an, is an institution that allowed our pain to be broadcast in, in the air. Yes. To be thrown out there in the air and shared and thereby a little healing took place. Yeah. I feel the same way about jazz. Jazz is equal opportunity music. Come as you are, speak your own truth. On two and four, please. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and it's big and wide and deep enough to accept all kinds of different cultural realities. That's how big it is. That's how profound it is. Mm -hmm. So um, every music can't say that. You know, you're absolutely every, correct. Every art form can't boast that. Come on in um, and, and do your thing. Right. Right. So. Right. Um, so my podcast, Great Grief, is going to launch in June. And I also have just completed a record, my first one in 11 years, and it's called Time Traveler. And mm -hmm. it is a celebration. It's also it's also a container for my grief. It's a love, sonic love letter um, to my husband, Phil. He did get a chance to listen to some of it before he passed. Um, and when people say, girl, where you been? I've been majoring in life living. <laughs> I've been living right. my life. You may not have seen me on the road as much because I was living my life. But at the same time, gathering, gathering. Um, pain, yes, and joy, and moments, and realness, because without that, what do you have to sing about? I mean, right. and it, it, and I'm, I don't mean it's a whole record of sadness because there's, as Stevie Wonder would say, joy inside my pain. The very fact that you can even create under this cloud is an act of resilience and strength. Even if you just having to drag yourself out the door to pick up your horn, or to pick up those drumsticks, just even just that little, little bit is proof that you're still alive and you can still put something just, it doesn't have to be perfect. Perfect is the enemy of everything. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, if yes. you're waiting for it to be perfect, it won't never be perfect. Right. But if you can open your mouth and sing a new song, even if it's scratching and a little bit broken, 
go on and do it. That's our, that's our superpower. Yeah. We as people, our resilience is our superpower. People have tried to push us to the margins, keep us from voting, make us work and not pay for it, ignore our contributions. And guess what? I'm black every day of the week and I'm still here. Right. Still, right. still I rise, like our, our uh, wonderful Auntie Maya would say. Yes. The yes. fact that you get up and brush your teeth and put on your clothes and have, as they say, <laughs> a portion of, of my right mind <laughs> <laughs> and raise good kids and try to do the best you can, give yourself a pat on the back for doing that. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. major. Yeah. Yeah, that that's wonderful. Yeah, that that's that's powerful stuff. And so when well, we're going to have to take a break right now. But when we come back, I want to find out when your podcast, because you said June, you're going to launch, but we'll get all the details okay. all the okay. deets in just a second. So you're listening to Bill Myers inspires and we are talking about uh, justice and jazz today with my guest, Miss Nina Freeland. We'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back and we are discussing justice to jazz with the wonderfully talented Miss Nina Freelon. Hey, I've got to tell you uh, before we go any further that I really, really love your pictures. I love your hair. I love, I love the, the, the spirit Thank in you. these pictures. It's really Thank wonderful. You. Thank you. And so, but I, I do want to do a little other plug here before I, I, I let you, you, you continue on here. And it is, it was a post from you uh, just yesterday. It says, my face and you big smile. And it says my face when I found out that my record is the number one pre-order in vocal jazz on Amazon. Oh. <laughs> I'll look at That's you. That's nothing Bill. but cheese there. Boy. <laughs> cheese. I love it. I love it. Don't beat man. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so congratulations. Grateful. Yes. I'm so grateful. I mean, you know, you 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 know as an artist, you you make, you you build, you create sort of in isolation, and then you put it out there and you walk away. You're like, God, you got this, whatever. Okay, <laughs> Absolutely. It's good. And um you know, you hear all these things in your head. You know that people aren't buying CDs anymore. You know, they don't even put CD players in the car anymore. And, yeah. um, but don't expect, you know, that you might end up with a bunch of really good looking coffee coasters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Frisbee. This was a project I had to do. I had to put this music. There was nothing else behind it until I got this baby born. So Time Traveler is going to be released on May 21st. It is a sonic love letter to my husband, and I hope it's a place where other people can, um, can, can find the healing that music always provides. My theory is that music is a time traveler. It's, it's a time, it's, it's like a time portal. Like, you know, you know how a song can take you right back to wherever it was that you first heard it, like yeah, the first I, dance when she stepped on my toe, yes. and I was like, and or I, that guy you were dating, and then you know, guy <laughs> broke up, and then every time a song comes on, you're like, don't, don't, I don't want to hear that song. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it has the power to move you, and um, and 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 now that grief is everywhere, we need. I mean. That's not a new thing, but we're, it's ever present because we're being fed it from our televisions and our radios. It's in the culture. It's everywhere. We need tools. We need tools where we can go to and, and have some solace for our, 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 let's just say we're not okay. I, I think it's okay to say we are not okay. Yes. Yes. And, and admit it and, and, and say, you know, not only am I not okay, even though you look like you're okay, you're not okay. Either. You're not okay. Either. Right. A year and a half of being in this strange pandemic world where we are afraid of our own bodies and we're afraid of other people's bodies and we've lost so many people and we haven't been able to mourn them and we haven't been able to go to the, to the place where we actually funeralize people, especially in the Black community. We know how to do a funeral. Right, right. We haven't been able to do that. All that has been stopped and, and postponed. And I haven't been on the road and I miss my audience and on and on and on and on. Yeah. All these things are griefs. And you don't have to have had somebody die to have experienced, I lost my job. I lost my health. Um, you know, so many, many, I didn't go to the prom. All of these things matter. And we need to be kind to ourselves. We need to show loving kindness. And music is one of the ways we can, and I truly created Time Traveler as a place to go for remembrance, joy, and just some, sometimes you just need a break from it. You cannot deal with the onslaught 24 seven. You need a moment. And right. I hope this record will give us just a moment, 58 minutes of a moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's very interesting, too, because uh, going through this pandemic, I think that uh, there is a level of grief loss that that we as, as human beings have experienced. And you know what? It has to do with being absent the healing power of music itself. 
I mean, just the fact that I can't go somewhere, I just had that that blowout argument or whatever. I can't go somewhere and just take in some magic elixir, you know, <laughs> to, to change my mood. All of a sudden, I'm just stuck here, and and I think that that is a a huge missing piece that we were actually able to go through this thing. It ain't the same. I checked out everybody's Facebook live. It ain't, I'm sorry. You know, that's not cutting it for me. I'm on there about 30 seconds and I, you know, show some love and move on, but that's not it, you know? Um, So, but I do think that music is a, is one of the most powerful healing tools um, that we have and, and, and what a blessing it is to participate in, in the uh, ministry of that. I think it's really wonderful. It's been a blessing to me and, uh, and I'm sure a blessing to you and blessing yeah. to everyone who experiences music. I mean, oh, yes. so, you know, that's really, really wonderful. You know, um, this has been really, really great, but I want once again, your, your CD, cause we want to push up your pre-sales even more. We want you okay. to be, you know, the, the Guinness book of world record Yay! king of Right, right, queen of, of, of so, so okay. The name of your CD once again. The CD is called Time Traveler, Time Traveler, and the um, the release date is May twenty first. But you can order it right now on mm-hmm. Amazon, apparently. Um, <laughs> and uh, my podcast is called Great Grief, and it's going to launch in early June. We're not exactly sure of the date yet. But it's in um, it's in collaboration with uh, WUNC Radio. That's our NPR affiliate here in North Carolina. Okay. And so I'm I'm super I'm super excited. I mean I'm excited that these two containers for my grief walk are coming out in the same you know time period. Yeah. And, um, and I'm really, really feeling that it's it's both timely for um, for us to begin as a community to help each other just by sharing the story. I don't have to tell you how to do it. Right, I'm right. I'm not going to try to fix it. Right, just I'm by sharing it. Just sharing it. Yeah, that's that. That's that, what you do, Bill. That's what you do. You do a great sharing here, where people people can come and listen and be offered an inspiring and a positive way of looking at things when there are other alternatives that are not great. Amen. Nina, I love you. I love you, too. Thank you for spending your <laughs> afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.